Hello, everyone, and welcome, fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts, to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode, we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host, Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. In this week's episode, we wanted to take some time to talk about an important thing in our industry that is largely skipped over when we reflect on ourselves and our careers. That thing is self-care and knowing when to stop burning the candle at both ends. Our guest for this episode is a veteran of the body modification industry and someone from my home state of New York, Mr. John Joyce. John is the owner of Scarab Body Arts, located in Syracuse, New York. He pierces, performs scarification, and has several employees for whom he is responsible for. This in itself is stressful on many levels, but John explains how he handles the ever-present pressure that comes in our industry from this occupation. So listen in as we discuss the hardships that come from always working and learning when it's okay to have a day off. Okay. Uh, well, I'm John Joyce. I am the owner of Scarabody Arts in Syracuse, New York. This past August, last month, is 16 years in business for myself. Uh, in this November, and this is kind of scary, uh, this November will be 20 years in this industry. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it'll also be my 40th birthday. So that means half my life I've spent doing this, which uh, <laughs> kind of blows me away. That's awesome. So um, what we're going to talk about today is pretty much a thing that happens in almost every industry, but it's a little unique for ours, and that's going to be burnout. The reason why I chose you as our guest for this topic is because you're one of the few people in our industry that actually is very adamant about telling people to take care of themselves, but also you know, making sure that you take care of yourself because you've been in the industry, like you just said, for about 20 years. So um how long did you work by yourself before you had a staff or did you just like dive right into owning your own studio? How did that progress? Um, well, when I, when I first started, I, I worked for another studio. They're no longer open and, you know, starting off, it was, it was great. Uh, the longer I had been there, the more the owner and I kind of started looking at things very differently. And, and I think that's something I'm realizing now, since I'm not just a piercer, I also own a studio and, and it, you end up looking at things differently, whether you, whether you want to or not. All of a sudden, you know, money and overhead and all that stuff becomes a little more of a priority than you would like it to. And whether you want to be that kind of person or not, sometimes you just can't help it. But because him and I started uh, butting heads, uh, I wasn't happy being there. And and that was very pretty early in my career where I just started thinking, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And, and then I realized that it wasn't me. It was him. So so that was I wouldn't really want to consider that burnout. But that was almost when I when I backed out of the career very early. When I opened my own studio, I kind of had these lofty goals and I gave myself 10 years and I figured at the 10 year mark because and par part of the reason why I chose the 10 year mark is because back during the, you know, BM BME days and all those forums, 
there was always like the the 10 year curse was kind of joked about where, where that's when piercers just kind of burned out and kind of whatever they did, they just weren't into it anymore. So I gave myself 10 years and I figured it's a 10 year mark. My studio needs to be running well enough that I don't need to be there all the time. And I'll just work a couple of days a week and I'll just, I'll kind of transfer into the owner position and oversee things. And, um, and that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> you know, at, at the 10 year mark, I still was working seven days a week. And I still was pushing 70, 80 hours a week easily. And it was okay. It, it was okay with me because we were still growing and, and whatever. But eventually that stuff wears on you. One of the things that I've noticed a lot is, especially not only in this industry, but others as well, you're willing to sacrifice you know, sleep and going out and things like that mm-hmm. in order to make yourself successful. But you'll do that for quite a long time before you realize you're like, oh my God, I've been doing that for five, you know, six years before, right. you know, you you get all burnt out from it. Right. Um, What happened with me is I started, because I was working so much, I realized that I wasn't working that much, so much for my success. It was more, uh, I was really concerned about the people who worked for me. Uh, My business needed to succeed. It was no longer just me. It was no longer this, you know, I can, I can make enough money to do this and whatever. That didn't matter anymore. What mattered is the people who worked for me were getting married, were having children, were buying houses. And all of a sudden I'm like, he needs to be able to feed his kids. He needs to be able to do this. He needs to be able to do that. So for me, it was, I need to be there because if they're not, if they're not there, if the, if the money's not coming into the shop for any reason, I need to be there to make up for that. Cause I need to make sure they have a job. And I, and I kind of let that spiral out of control in my own head where I was way more worried than I needed to be because everybody was obviously fine. But, uh, and I was far more worried about it than they were obviously, since they were still taking their two days off a week and they were, you know, they were doing okay, but I was different of them than myself. And I started putting them ahead of me. What I realized is I was starting to, uh, resent the people who worked for me because here I am working seven days a week, trying to make sure that they have a place to work and trying to sure that we're successful and we're grow every every year and they're going camping vacations and they're this and that and I'm working by myself a lot because they're taking their time off and they're taking care of themselves and I I really started to I, I don't I don't want to say I resented them because you know we're I love them all but uh, I did I started to resent them I didn't feel like we were a team anymore I felt like I was I was being taken advantage of and and this and that almost like the head of the family kind of thing right yeah underappreciated and yeah they didn't you know I felt like they didn't see all the work I was putting in and I was underappreciated and and that, I mean that's like a really difficult situation it does happen and I know that maybe a lot of our listeners are you know other people are going to say like that wouldn't happen to me you will be surprised yeah. when you have completely run your batteries dry and you are worried about everyone else and you put yourself on the back burner, you start to get, you know, jealous or resentful or however you want to put it because you're working so hard and all you want to do is sleep in on a Saturday (laughs) or go out with the missus for one night or something similar to that. Right. Yeah, it very much, my, my, uh, I put so much work into the shop for so long and so much work into the industry and through forums and through other things, which, which I have backed off a little bit, but so much of my personal identity I had wrapped up in my shop. Right. That's who I was. I was no longer John Joyce. I was very much John Scarab. That's it. And, uh, and I needed to, I needed to learn to let go of that a little bit. You know, I needed to step back. It's hard to be impartial and it's hard to see things even rationally, really, when you're that emotionally invested. Yeah. You're emotionally invested and, and you're stuck in the middle of it. And, uh, and it's hard, you know, hopefully you're surrounded by, by people who you can talk to and, make you step back and see that. But, you know, some, sometimes you don't, uh, don't listen. Yep. 
and I, I know exactly where you're coming from as well. I know that I only owned a studio for, you know, like three-ish years or so before we packed up and moved. But um, I grew up in upstate New York, and you're in Syracuse. Albany is only about, you know, like two and a half, three hours away. Yeah, two, two and, and a half. The, yeah, yeah. And the longest time, you were the shop that I had admired in New York. So you had this huge bubble that people were trying to come and see you and everything like that. And that takes a lot of hard work to build up. It, but it takes even more work to make sure that you're actually continuing, you know, being that shop. For me, a lot of it was, yes, I put a lot of work into the image of being that shop. You know, like when I would go to a conference in Las Vegas and I would talk to somebody like Derek Lowe or or Miro or, you know, any of these guys who you know all of us look up to. And they're talking to me like I'm one of them. Then all of a sudden it's like, man, this they think I'm bigger than I am. They think my shop is bigger than I am. So when I come home, I have that that I'm working towards instead of just being like, you know what, things are things are okay down here, you know. Um, so I was always always pushing myself, and and I, I mean, I obviously I appreciate that that I was the shop that you were looking up to. I mean, that's great. But at the same time, like Nick at Dorje is a, an hour hour and a half for me, and I'm and I'm like I'm still trying to be Nick because because well everybody wants to be Nick. Nick's fabulous, yeah, and wonderful. <laughs> But, you know, I got, I got Dorje and I got Cowpoke and I got, you know, all these other shops that are, that are near me that, uh, that I'm also trying to emulate and trying to, to grow from. And, and it's great if they're including me in their circle, but for a long time, I just, I wanted to be a part of that. So, so much that I was just too wrapped up in, in everything. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know what, what's all of that is important, but what's really important is just what's happening here locally. I think that's a massive thing to stress right? because yeah, the internet is full of smoke and mirrors, but yeah. at the end of the day, like the internet is not making you money, right? It's right. the people in your town and all of those types of things. So yeah, you may want to be like another shop, but the thing is, is why would you want to be like someone else when you can be your own identity right. and have your own clients and your own systems? And right. Absolutely. Yeah. It took, it took me a long time to, to realize like, I don't need to be, I mean, I, I want to be successful and I want to be, I want people to respect us. You know, it's tough. You, you start trying to emulate people that are bigger than you and uh, it's hard. And, and maybe they're not, right. like you said, the internet is all smoke and mirrors. So maybe they're not really bigger than you, but you've built them up and, and that makes things hard. <laughs> yeah. And you have to keep that reputation and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, the, the first time that I heard of Caitlin was five, five years ago, I think so. Or I, uh, I met her at conference for the first time. But I remember her because she had like one amazing piece of jewelry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, nope, I know who you are. I know you're like running with John. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that's how I remember her because I will never forget it. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I'm sure I'll remember it in a little bit. But yeah, it's hard to keep up with the reputations. It's also like, you know, even harder to make sure that people need to respect you for what you do and not just what you present. Right, exactly. And this, this is a little off topic, but um, I one of, one of the first lessons that I really wanted to push with Caitlin is, and this isn't just for our industry, this is for any industry. Mm -hmm. As as an attractive female, she's going to be judged differently than I am. And I want her, I just told her with social media and things like that right off the bat, be careful what you're posting. Because yes, you're a very attractive, beautiful woman, and that's fine. But I want people to respect you in this industry for your work first. I want you to be the amazing, amazing piercer. That's also beautiful. I don't want you to be that beautiful girl that also pierces. That's something I harp about this continuously about social media and how you present yourself and things mm -hmm. like that. And that is a big factor. Cause I mean, 
I, I do not have the skill set. I am a very large gentleman with a very big beard who's very nerdy. You know, I'm not like a like a Playboy model or looking <clears> anything like super attractive and like, like a magazine ad. And other people are. And that's an awesome skill set to have. I don't have it, so I make up for it in other ways. But the, the big thing is, and I think, you know, you stressing that to Caitlin, which is really important, is the fact that you should let your ability in the industry and your skill set stand for you before being, you know, that, that attractive individual. Right. Right. And, you know, and it's a hard, it's a hard line to cross because I don't, I don't want to be that guy who's policing her social media and I don't, I don't want to be dad. Right. So it was, it was a hard, hard thing to make her understand. But, uh, um, fortunately after her first conference, she got it quickly. So she, and yeah. she's great now, you know, she's, she pierces, she's a, as far as I'm concerned, she's just as good, if not better of a piercer than I, it all worked out. She is great. Even her social media stands, like it's, it's a lot of piercing type things and not a lot of, Hey, this is my like hanging out in front of a mirror kind of thing. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, it is, right. I, I hate to say it. And I, I wear the hat all the time. Like uh, a few friends have joked and referred to me as Will Von dad when it comes to that stuff. Cause right. I try to help people out and I'm like, yeah, do you really want to post that on social media? Yeah. And I let people know cause would just feel terrible for that person not to get a job 10 years down the road. Cause right. it's like a shitty post, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, but to each his own, but I think it is really important. And I mean, uh, in our last episode with Sarah from Dorjay, we talked about how, how their brand is displayed and how they represent themselves on social media and right. what their requirements are. And I think that's a totally valid thing for a business to have, especially yep. for their employees. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're representing you. Yep. That's, that's something I had to touch on with a, a tattoo artist who worked for us recently is uh, who no longer works for us, unfortunately. Their social media was very much about their social life. It wasn't about their work life. And their social life was something that wouldn't jive with a lot of our clients. It was a, an issue for sure. And it's unfortunate, but I mean, those are those are the hard truths that a lot of people don't see about running your own businesses when you have to make those hard decisions. Right, right, yeah. So, John, when did you finally realize that you were running out of wax on that double-ended candle? Um, so really I started paying a little more attention to it. I started feeling this way before this, but really in the last two years, especially is when I really started noticing. Um, I started noticing that I really was pulling away from the people that I worked with. You know, they would, I mean, we don't hang out a lot anymore because like I said, like Nick has kids and everybody's doing adult things now, but I really wasn't as interested in like grabbing dinner after work, you know, every couple of weeks or, or going to have a drink or I just, I really was pulling away from all of them. And, um, I realized I needed something. Well, I didn't know what it was, but I needed something. And I started kind of forcing myself to get up earlier in the morning because I didn't feel like I had any time to myself. So I was forcing myself to get up earlier in the morning and I was sitting on my porch and I would leave my phone off. I'd, or I'd leave it in the house, you know, away from me. And I'd read a book and I'd drink coffee and I'd hook my dog up to a dog run and watch him lay in the sun or play fetch or whatever. Just just some quiet time to myself. And after about a week of doing this, um, and this is totally unintentional, but after about a week of doing this, I realized that my whole perspective changed. And it was just me doing that, taking care of myself, giving myself that little bit of, of time. But now, after about a week of that, I realized... I didn't resent my guys for going on vacation. I didn't resent, you know, uh, two of the artists were going camping and they were going to the uh, Renaissance Festival and they were doing this four day thing. And when I first heard about it, I was really upset because I couldn't take time off at the time. I was still working seven days a week. 
you know, and I'm, I'm doing all this extra stuff and here they are taking more time off again, which, and it just seemed like they were taking every other weekend off, but I was no longer upset about it. Instead, I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? It's kind of awesome that I've built this, this shop. I've built this business where I have people working for me and they're doing well enough that they can take that time off. It just kind of flipped the whole way I was looking at everything instead of, instead of resenting them and instead of being negative and being down on them and, and down on myself and just feeling like overwhelmed and overworked and everybody's underappreciative. All of a sudden it was, I was happy for them. I was happy for them. I mean, they were still working. They were still doing their job. It's not like they were slacking off and, and all of that, you know, they weren't, it's not like they disappeared on me. They were still there. They were still doing what they were supposed to do. It's just now they're booked out far enough and they're making enough money that they can enjoy their life too. And that's something that all of a sudden I was proud of because I built this. I built this this little shop that started with just me and now we're employing six people and I have six people who can afford a house. I have six people who can afford their, their kids. Nick has two kids now who can still go on vacations, who can still do what they need to do. And it's like, I did that. You know, so my, my whole my whole outlook and everything changed. And once I realized that that's all it took was just taking a little bit of time to myself, away from my phone, away from social media, away from emails, especially the emails from work. Oh, they drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like just giving myself some time every day to get away from that stuff and to not plug in and to do whatever it is. For me, it really honestly is as simple most of the time, not always, but most of the time it's as simple as just getting up a little early, sitting outside, drinking some coffee, reading a book, you know, playing fetch with my dog, just something really simple when things get really bad, because of course things are still going to get really bad and, and uh, I'm still going to overthink things and I'm still going to stress and I'm still going to want everybody doing better and, you know, all of that. And you're going to have seasons that are slow and then you're going to have quarterly taxes that make you want to just give up on everything. You know, so when things get really bad, I force myself now to take a day off. And um, yeah, <clears throat> and you have to. You have to take care of yourself first because what I've realized, at least for me, is if I'm not taking care of me, I hold it against the people who work for me. And that's not, that's not a healthy environment for anybody. And that's, that's just going to lead them to looking at something else. That's going to lead them to no longer being comfortable working there. That's going to, you know, that's just going to make things worse for everybody. Um, so I have yeah. to take care of myself first. And if I'm not taking care of me, I found that I really can't provide for the people who work. I think that's really important to realize is, like I said before, you have that father figure mentality where, you know, it, the trickle down effect, like you helped create the shop and you helped get everything going. Right. And then all these people, you know, you're responsible for, and that is stressful. Like that'll, that will never not be stressful because no. if something happens, <laughs> you're affecting six people, you know? Right. Absolutely. But when it comes to the self care thing, I have to stress, like, I don't care how foolish you think it is. I don't care if it's you like walking, picking up trash on your lawn or something yep. similar. You know, it's so important to do these little things that just clear your mind and they don't make any sense sometimes. Like case in point, like my big mind clear, making breakfast on Sundays for my wife. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't get it. I'm like, here I am cooking eggs like I never do this. And then all of a sudden over the last like two years, that is my jam. That is my like weekly recharge. Like don't yeah. think of anything. Just kind of do it. You know, absolutely. You, I've, I really think you need something in your routine that is for you. And if that's what it is, if it's making breakfast with your partner, 
awesome. Um, or, you know, and it doesn't really matter if whatever you're into, if it's, you know, go to the, go to a park, go to your favorite lake, just put something in your routine. For me, it's something silly, but um, something that I absolutely put off, and we actually talked about it earlier today, just trying to set up for this, something that I put off constantly and I put off this morning telling you I was going to drink coffee instead is mowing the lawn or doing yard work. God, I love mowing the lawn. Right. I don't understand. <laughs> I, put it, I put it off every time, but when I'm done and I see how good my yard works that I've worked hard for and, and it's my house and it's clean and it's mode it it really does just kind of recharge me and it's like you know what not everything in my life is in complete disarray like look at my lawn right now <laughs> and that sounds silly but it's just get that one thing in place you know organize one thing and and feel good about it it makes everything else kind of fall into place a little bit easier the lawn thing i will never understand and i i think it is just because after you finish you're like wow this looks really right. good absolutely and it's like my old man thing that I really enjoy. Yep, absolutely. I hated it when I was younger, but now that it's my lawn, once I, it takes me a little while to go do it sometimes. Um, usually because I have a list of 15 other things that need to get done. But, uh, but once I'm done with it, it's just, you're, you're happy and you're, and you're proud and it, yeah, I don't know. It works. Yeah. I mean, it can be anything. Yeah. That's the, that's the big thing I want to stress is like, even though you may think it's foolish, you know, if it's one of those things that makes you feel better, you feel relaxed doing it, whether it be, you know, case in point, drinking beers in the shower or, yeah. you know, just just grabbing a coffee in the morning or just sitting down and like doing a Sudoku and a newspaper or something like those are fine. Yeah. Like whatever you do that charges that battery, just keep doing it. Yep. There's a there's a little um, bakery. Well, it's a it's a state run bakery that's right across the street from my shop. And uh, the two nicest women ever run it, and they help um, disabled people find a job and teach them a skill, and then send them off to better things. Oh, it's a really, it's a great place, and I love supporting them. Um, if you happen to be in the area, it's called Provisions. It's wonderful. But I was talking to the the woman who runs it, and she, um, I was, I started eating a lunch there. Normally, I bring my own food because I'm, you know, I'm training, and I be on a fairly strict diet, whatever. But I started, you know, every other day or so I would go over there and eat lunch. She, she made a comment that she's been seeing me more. And I just told her, I'm like, you know, it's, I'm in the shop so much that just taking this half an hour to get out just makes the rest of the day go by so easy, so much easier. And she said the same thing. She said that for her, I mean, she works there and they have food. There's a full kitchen. She can eat whatever she wants, but she has to leave to eat her lunch because otherwise the day drags by. So just, just leaving for half an hour recharges her. That's all it takes, and it makes her feel better about her day, and and it makes the day go by faster. And uh, and I'm yeah. doing the same thing, just just stepping out. Whether you know, if I don't do that, instead of just running out and getting a coffee and come back, I'll go down to the coffee shop and get a coffee and sit there and drink it for a little while. And um, just a change of scenery, just get out of the shop for a little while, so it doesn't feel like it's taking over your life. Because you know, as piercers, we we work a lot, and that's kind of a common theme in our industry. We we work too much, so just getting out when you can. If you can, just that little bit, you know, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, it adds up and it helps a lot. Yeah, I really think that's important. For example, like if things were really crazy at Classy Body Art, I would just be like, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, which was like a quarter of a mile away. Right. And I would just take a little walk, you know, drink it, relax. And then just from there, you know, feel 10 times better because that was when I was working, you know, two jobs, running the crematory, doing that, you know, and that, that stuff adds up. You know, so just making sure you take care of yourself, I think, is the big thing that I'm trying to stress here and how important it is, because otherwise you just become a super spiteful, grumpy person. You really and, do. You really do. You're super spiteful and uh, resentful of the other people 
either work with you or work for you in my case, you know? Yeah. I talk about it a little bit, but you know, when I was funeral directing, I was working like 90 hour weeks yeah. and I was sleeping maybe three hours a night and I was a monster. Like I was the grumpiest person ever. And I always felt so terrible. You know, I had to, I had to take a break from this is before me and the missus got married, but you know, we broke up for a little while and I was like, you don't deserve to deal with a grumpy asshole like me. Right. So I took time. Like I took, I, I think we were split up for about six months or so. And I just lived in our weird, tiny mountain town working, living above a funeral home. And I was just like focusing on me, you know, less stress. And it, it made a world of difference. And luckily she took me back, but you know, like <laughs> right. the, the big thing was, is I realized like how much of a bastard I was that entire time. Yep. So this is, uh, yeah, this is something I've really been, I mean, Caitlin obviously hasn't been in the industry as long as I have, but, and she's still young and she's still motivated and she still wants to be there all the time. But, um, I've had to force her to take time off from the shop when she first started working for me through her apprenticeship. And even after her apprenticeship, she was at the shop seven days a week. And then on top of that, she was doing her night job five nights a week. When she first started for me, she was doing both of those and in college until she got her degree. She finished her degree and was working two full-time jobs. She's, uh, she's very determined. Uh, it got to the point, though, where I was like, look, you're going you're gonna to burn yourself out before you hit your two-year mark in this, in this industry. She was exhausted. So I, I forced her to take uh, originally one day off a week. I have her up to two days off now. And she's still working her night job. So she's working an average of 85 hours a week between the two jobs. But now she has all summer long, you know, Sundays have kind of become her day where her, um, she, Caitlin has her own motorcycle. Her dad has motorcycles as well. So Sundays, her and her dad will go for a motorcycle ride and they'll go to lunch. And that's kind of her outlet now. That's her, you know, that, that quality time with her dad has become the thing that recharges her and and motorcycles are great for that. Too. That's that's something yes. I do as well. It's uh, nothing. Yeah, that's nothing great. clears my head like being on my motorcycle. So yeah, and I I crack up because over the past like two weeks we've been trying to meet up and I've been moving and you know it's the weather is right. you know right on that cusp of being in like the really nice fall weather. Yeah, and uh, I've been trying to catch you, but I know that you've been out. But you're like, no, I'm riding today. I was like, okay, like I get it. Like yeah. I understand. It's. Yeah. The first time we um we were supposed to do this was actually weekend that I was riding up to uh um Jesse and Laura's shop in Canada, Thrive Studios. Oh, that's great. Yep. So uh, I spent the weekend with them and um and uh, Jesse and they, those guys obviously have motorcycles as well. And uh we toured around uh, the Algonquin Park and uh and it was wonderful. Little, you know, little getaways like that, you know, anything like that, it just it just recharges you, especially when you when you don't take weekends off. A lot of people don't understand that. You know, I get a I get a lot of flack from people for going on these trips. But what they don't understand is I don't take weekends off. I'm working seven days a week. So if if every three months I take a weekend off and go on a trip, it, you know, it's it's not it shouldn't be that big of a deal because you've you know normal people have had every weekend off in between. But if you you know every every three or four months I I have to do something. I have to get away, even if it is just for a week. That that's a thing that a lot of you know, clients don't realize is that you come and see us more often on the weekend than any other day. Right. We don't get those off. Right. So, uh, like I play a lot of nerd games. That's like another big outlet of mine. And all those tournaments are on Saturdays or Sundays. Right. So I had to explain to clients. I'm like, yeah, I need to get out of here for a day. I'm going to go play card games and then I'll see you on Sunday or I'll see you on Monday. Right. You know? 
So it's it's just one of those things to realize. And I am a big fan of I call them uh, wife ventures. <laughs> so just like packing in the car, and I'm like, why don't we Google something weird? Yep. Drive two hours, do something crazy, yep. come back home. It's the perfect kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I get. I've had a lot of people message me about you know how do you how do you afford these trips? How do you do this? How do you do that? And it's like you know it doesn't really cost anything if you can take the time off, which is you know obviously if you don't own the place or you have to work it out with your boss. But if you can take the time off, it, they don't need to be expensive. You know, if I do a, a day trip on the motorcycle, maybe seven dollars on gas and then lunch. You know, like right. I'm not I'm not doing anything extravagant. I'm just not home, and, and more important, yeah. No, I just you know, I mean, I'm not home, but more importantly, I'm I'm not at work, and that's what it's about. It's just having that right away. And I think the big thing too is because I mean, I'm 33, and like you said, you're getting to be 40. We don't go out. Right. You know, like the, and I hate to say the younger <laughs> kids, but like, you know, you could just not go drinking one night. Boom. That's 50 bucks. I mean, Easily. case in point, like me and the missus went to, um, I can't remember it, but it's the, the super big mansion here out in Asheville. Yep. And that's pretty much what it costs for the tickets for the two of us to go to. And then we, you know, had a nice lunch and came back. And I mean, it was roughly the equivalent of, you know going out drinking or going out to a dinner, you know, right, right. like you don't have to go out every night. That's a big thing too. Right. Well, I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people um, in our industry, especially make, I mean, with our hours, they're just so convenient to go to the bar. I mean, you get out of, uh, absolutely right. When the bar is, is picking up, you know, and, and for a lot of people, and I was the same way for a long time. And um, I know, you know, some of the tattoo artists that have worked for me when they've been a bit younger have absolutely been the same way. Um, you know, you get out and you just feel like all you do is work. So you just want to go to the bar because it's, it's right there, especially, you know, my shop's in Armory Square, which is, you know, the hip little section of, of Syracuse. So when you get out, like the bars are right there. That only works for so long. And uh, it really doesn't do anything as far as calming you down. It doesn't do anything as far as alleviating that stress. It really just adds to it because you're just blowing money. And then when you need that time away, you don't have it because you've been spending fifty, seventy-five dollars a night at the bar, and you're like, "Where's all my money?" And and you know, it's it, it just it had to end. It, re- it really had to end. You know, I, I was not only buying my drinks, but you know, the people who work for me, I'm buying them drinks, and then I'm easily spending everything we made that day. <laughs> and it's uh, I like I just I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I I absolutely understand that too. I mean, don't get me wrong; like I love going out occasionally. Right. I mean, the older that I get the more I just like put my headphones in, put my heads down and just like kind of listen to music for like two or three pints and then just Uber at home. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with going out. No, it's just, if you are jealous that people are going on vacations or they are traveling or doing these fun, awesome things, like maybe you shouldn't go out as much. Exactly. I think is an important thing to stress. Right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta pick and choose where you're, where you're spending because we don't, I don't have it both ways. I can't go out every night and then afford to do the little trips that I do. Yeah. It is a hard routine to break because I mean, let's face it, like going out to the pub is fun. Like I, I love going to the, like the pub when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but the older I got, I was like, you know, if I didn't go out drinking these like three nights, like I could kind of go away for a night and then come back the next day on my days off. Like, right. That sounds like way more fun. Right. And, uh, you know, and the, and the, the headaches just get worse as we get older. So, oh God, <laughs> let's, let's not even talk about right. that. We're not, we're not superheroes anymore. And, and to our younger, you know, piercer friends. Yeah. That, uh, 
that superhuman ability will just randomly shut off right. and you will realize it when it does. Yeah. And yeah, going to work the next day is no longer fun. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> John, what do you, what do you think is, uh, important for people in our industry to think about? Basically, what would you tell Caitlin right now in, in regards to making sure that you're taking steps to take care of yourself in the future? Like, is there any like solid things that you'd be like, I really would recommend you start doing this? Or start doing that to make sure that there isn't burnout. Well, I've been I've been addressing it with Caitlin all along because I've I've seen Caitlin is a mini me. She really is. She's a workaholic. Uh, she's extremely passionate. I see all the same traits in her that I did in me at, at the different points and uh, when I was coming up through the industry. She she feels like she needs to be there. It's it's it just like I did when I was first starting out. She feels like she needs to be there. You know. She's letting clients down. She's letting the owner down. She's letting you know, everybody down. Um, so it's something I've been addressing with her. You know, like I said, I made her start taking time off originally. And uh, I've told, you know, I told her, you know, on her days off, she really needs to start finding something for herself to do, which she's been doing. Her and her sister have been hiking and she's been posting some of those pictures on on her Instagram. Some of them I'm a little jealous of. But, yeah. Um, but you know, so she's been she's been spending more time with her sister. And like I said, she does the motorcycle trips with her dad. Or if it's, you know, I mean, for us living in the Northeast, we have to take advantage of this weather. So on her days off, if the weather's nice, she's going to do a, a bike ride because just like me, that's going to clear her head and it, it really restarts your whole week. Yeah. That's, you know, that's stuff I've been addressing with her. Um, and I've, and I'm worried we're going to have to address it a little bit more because it's, at some point, she's not going to be able to keep doing the 85 hours a week with her other job and, and this job. So at some point, we'll have to figure that out. But Yeah, this industry is really unique because, I mean, we work weird hours. Yep. We're working like 12 to 9. We're, we're basically working like mid-shift bartender hours. Yep. And then in addition to that, a lot of our industry is based on social media because our clientele is right in that prime range. Right. So as soon as we get off of work, we go home or we go to the bar you're just playing on your phone. Yep. Like it's, it's awful. And it, it really does take a little bit to step away from, I mean, I, you know, I've gone to lots of events with a lot of piercers and I try to like leave my phone in my back pocket Absolutely. because I, Oh God, here comes Will on dad. Like the more time you spend looking at your screen, the less time you spend looking up and conversing with other people that are in front of you. Right. So, I mean, See. the internet's always going to be there, but your friends may not always be there. So just try to like, you know, talk to them as opposed to, you know, I think I'd get more internet points if I posted this picture online of what's going on. Right. That, um, that's something that I brought up with her as well. Um, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to keep my phone, you know, either in my back pocket or sometimes I'm not, I'm not even with me and I'll just leave it at the truck if I'm in or something. And I've had to bring that up with her. Like when, like, uh, like say we're at a conference, we're in Las Vegas and we're going to, uh, we're going to a show or we're going to whatever and we're waiting in for something, you know, it's, it's so easy for people and you'll see it, you know, I mean, even though all of us only see each other once a year for the most part, as soon as anybody has to wait for anything, everybody pulls their phone out and starts flipping through Instagram to see what everybody else is doing. And it's like, right. You're in Las Vegas. All of the like, you know, surround attention grabbing things that you need are right in front of you. You're doing things right now with people that you, you care about or like, or at least I hope you like, um, why, you know, like, why do you care what the people at home are doing? You can catch up on that later. You know, just put your phone and be in the moment. Like I, I think a, a lot of us, and I'm guilty of it too, but I think a lot of us need, need help with that and more living in the moment and 
You know, if you're if you're on vacation, if you're at a conference, if you're whatever, enjoy what you're doing because you know your your clients are still going to be there when you get home. Actually, two of the big things that I've noticed that I've started doing is when I go to like concerts, I leave my phone in the car now. Yep. Because otherwise, I'll be like trying to take pictures or trying to record stuff. I saw uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds not that long ago, and I, that was like one of my you know, bucket list bands to see. And I was like, I'm going to leave my phone in the car. Yep. And it turned out to be the most amazing concert ever. And then the only other thing I can suggest is if you go to a dinner, especially with a bunch of other piercers or a bunch of other, like other friends, take all your phones and put them in the center of the table on top of each other, like a big old Jenga pile. Yeah. And just say the first person to touch their phone has to pay for the entire, <laughs> oh, no genius. one will touch their phone. That's genius. <laughs> yeah. So that works out a whole bunch too. Right. So, I mean, that forces you to converse with the people because, I mean, obviously you like these people. You're going out to dinner with them. Right. I mean, unless it's like, you know, you don't like your in-laws or something, right. <laughs> you know, just put it down and just kind of relax. But I think it's I definitely think there's a few things that a lot of people have to listen to. And, and like I said, like Will Von Dad pants on. Yeah. I'm older. And I mean, I, you know, when I grew up, like the Internet had just become a thing. So I'm just on the tail end right. of all of that stuff. So I realize how important it is. But it's not as important as, you know, having a rad conversation with like your dad or, yep. you know, you know, going to dinner with a friend and catching up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially now, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm older. I'm not, I'm not going to say, old. Um, you know, I'm going to be 40 this year. And uh, this past year, uh, my dad and I have kind of reconnected more than, more than we have. And we've always been close, I'm, you know away from right that we've always been close he helped he helped me you know get my studio going and he made sure i was fed when i wasn't making it he's always been supportive and he's wonderful but you know last year the last five years i did a trip out west with uh, jesse and laura from thrive studios and some friends this past year i invited my dad like hey that's awesome do you wanna you have a you have a newer bike now it's more comfortable for you something you've always wanted to do it would be great to do it with you and he had a wonderful time and he, he absolutely adored Jesse and Laura. And, um, this past, you know, two weeks ago or whenever it was, when I was talking to you about doing this and I went to Canada, my dad actually came because he's like, Oh, you're going to see Jesse and Laura. I would love to see them. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So doing, doing things like that, getting out of the shop, you know, and, and connecting with somebody like all, all that stuff really, it helps keep things in perspective and it's really important. Unfortunately, I think it's one of those things where maybe a lot of our listeners will disagree with us, think that they're fine or they don't have any problems. But, you know, maybe you should listen to this episode twice, once just now. And then again, when later on, you just feel super stressed out and you don't know what to do. Right. I, it's really it's one of those things that until it actually happens, I don't know if you can fully realize what we're speaking of. And I and the reason why I've really liked to have you as a guest for this is because you have gotten burnt out. I've gotten burnt out. And, you know, we're just looking out for people because we don't want the same thing to happen because it's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. I I was uh, in the process of closing my shop. I, I, uh, not very many people know that. There's only a handful who know that. Um, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was, I felt like I was uh, underappreciated and I was working my life away and I had had reached kind of the pinnacle. I didn't, I couldn't see myself growing past where I was and I couldn't, I, I just felt stuck basically. And uh, my lease was coming up to an end and, and I had already talked to the owner of the building and I, I was kind of, uh, you know, maybe it's time for something new and I'm glad I didn't, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad I didn't make that decision because I would have ended up working in somebody else's shop because really what the hell else am I going to do? But, um, you know, I, it really needed to step back and not be so involved in 
and start taking some time for myself. Really, I needed that time to appreciate what I've accomplished. Because when you're just doing the same thing every day, you know, you, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you go to sleep or, you know, whatever it is, you do, do your dishes, do your laundry, and it's bedtime again. It, it, it's so monotonous that it's, you don't appreciate what you have. You don't appreciate anything. You just kind of get stuck in that rut. And it really took me taking that time. Like I said, just some, you know, a half an hour to an hour in the morning to just sit on my porch and, you know, read a book and drink some coffee and be like, you know what? My porch is really nice. I mean, it's the smallest porch ever. I, I feel like I'm making it sound like it's this grand porch. It's the smallest porch ever, but I love it. It's mine. You know, <laughs> it's absolutely, <laughs> um, you know, like just, just taking that little bit of time to appreciate what you actually have really, it just changed my whole thinking about everything. It, it no longer was, you know, everybody's, everybody's out to give me and everybody's taking advantage of me and everybody's doing so much better than me. That was a big thing too, is I love Jesse. Jesse is, is one of my favorite people in the, in the world, but seeing him travel so much and seeing him do so much and seeing him do all these things, it was like, it was like, you know, what am I doing wrong? And I started questioning myself, you know, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? You know, instead of being happy for him, instead of, you know, which I'm super happy for him. And I've expressed this to him since then. Um, love the guy to death. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about him. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jesse. Um, you know, but it, but it really was, you know, like, what am I doing wrong? What, why, why does Jesse get this? And, and I can't. And it's, it really took me taking that time, just not being stuck in my rut, just just changing the routine a little bit for me to start appreciating what I have and realize that there's a whole lot of people who think that same thing about me that are wondering why I'm doing so well and what they need to do to get where I am. And, you know, and, and I would much rather help them get to where I am than have them feel the way I was feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think you just summed it up perfectly on exactly what we're trying to do here. You know, it's when you're in the, I call it the endless loop, yeah. you're doing the same thing, you know, day in, day out. Absolutely. And you just see somebody else who's, I hate to compare it to like an 80s campy movie, but like you see a postcard on a wall of like someone in Hawaii and you're like, <laughs> damn, I wish it was that guy. Yeah. You know, how come I'm not that guy? It's not always greener on the other side. I no. hate saying that. Right. No, absolutely. But, um, but no, yeah. Always, if you take a step back, it allows you to compare things. And I think that morning cup of coffee or, for example, my uh, my daily double Boston Terrier pettings give you the ability to take a step back and see actually where you stand and just realize, you know, it's it's not that bad. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very true. To, uh, it's, it's, yeah. When you're stuck in the in the endless loop, it's it's hard not to compare yourself to other people. It's hard not to just just feel like you're you're not going anywhere. You're on you're on the treadmill that's not moving. It gets hard and it just, and unfortunately it just gets harder if you can't find a way off. I just want to thank you so much, John, for taking some time out of your schedule, you know, taking some of your recharge time to talk to us. And uh, hopefully we hit a few points for a few of our listeners here that they can, you know, realize that, you know, you're not alone. And if you have issues or problems, one of the things that I like about our industry is a lot of us are very, very open to yeah. talking to people and being like, Hey, what's wrong? You know, what can I help you with? Because ultimately, we are in this industry together. We may be the outcasts, you know, for a lot of other industries, but we're in this together. So if you're feeling a little run down or you have issues or problems, just always reach out to either another piercer. I mean, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. I'll try to help you out the best I can. But yeah, just make sure that you realize that you can overwork yourself. You can cause yourself a lot of stress worrying about 
how much you work or not getting a day off or seeing other people. So make sure you take a little time to step out, take a peek. And if you need to reach out to other people. Yes. Yeah. I think it's very important for people to realize that, you know, we're, we are all in this together. And, um, we mentioned earlier that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know, through social media and the internet, but, you know, a, a lot of us have our, our own things to work through. And in this industry, especially, I think, you know, a lot of us have our, our issues or our demons or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but like you said, we all very, most of us are very open and willing to talk to pretty much anybody. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, John. Why don't you tell our listeners one where they can find you and uh, if there's anything that you want to like plug and let people know. Um, so uh, my studio is Scare Body Arts, which is in Syracuse, New York. It's um, central New York, right in the center of the state. Um, you can always reach us through the studio um, Facebook page, which is Scare Body Arts, or, or Instagram, um, which you should be following anyways. Uh, Caitlin handles all of that stuff, and she's wonderful at it. Or, you know, if you're listening to this, chances are we're probably already friends on Facebook. Always message me. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll make sure that we include links to all that stuff in uh, this week's show notes. Awesome. So you guys can go ahead and uh, take a peek. Great. And then John also does some amazing like scarification type work that if you uh, haven't checked that out, you really should because it is absolutely breathtaking. Thank you so much. But, uh, but yeah, John, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak to us. And uh, hopefully we reached a few people. Aside from that, you have you enjoy the wonderful fall weather in New York, which I miss so much. And uh, hopefully get another bike ride or two in there. I'm, I'm sure I will. Thank you very much. I can't thank John enough for taking time out of his schedule to talk to us this week. I do have to say I am quite jealous of John being able to enjoy those fall New York mornings and also petting his pretty awesome dog. You can find the information on how to contact John and his shop Scarab Body Arts on his Instagram, which is included in this week's show notes. We not only suggest following him to see the beautiful jewelry and well-done piercings he provides, but also we appreciate our listeners showing support to our guests and supporting them in their endeavors. I would also like to thank our ongoing sponsors of the podcast, Other Couture Jewelry and Goldheart Woodworks. Other Couture's owner, Mike Knight, and his company have just announced a new limited edition jewelry line, and it is breathtaking to say the very least. For more information and to see these pieces, make sure to follow his Instagram. Goldheart Woodworks just recently agreed to help me with something near and dear to my heart. As a nerd gamer, I appreciate having things that make my games easier. Derek is in the process of coming up with a custom card holder to ensure that I won't pass over much-needed cards during these nerdy events. It looks stunning, just like his fine line of displays, and I would strongly suggest checking out these pieces and adding them to your cases. Goldheart Woodworks. Reinventing the way we showcase fine body jewelry with natural, elegant displays. You can find more information about these companies under the Sponsors tab on our website, realtalkapiercingpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening week after week. This podcast is a labor of love, and all the support I receive in the form of emails, messages, and the like really make me feel loved. We are continuing to line up some great guests in our future, including some from my hometown in New York. I'll be returning home for a small amount of time later this month to see my beautiful new niece and possibly do a pop-up piercing shop in my old stomping grounds. 
While there, I'm going to try to get a few interviews from different perspectives about what it's like to work with piercers and from a tattooer's perspective, and also to talk with my former co-worker, Dustin Horan of the Dead President's Lounge, about what it's like having a piercing business within his tattoo studio. I can't wait to visit and can't wait to present you folks with some new material. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.